Hey, if you're new with us today, my name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here at Casas. And to all of you, it's awesome to have you with us here. You know, it was several years ago uh, that my family, uh, a group of friends, myself included, we all decided we were gonna go have Thanksgiving in Puerto Penasco, Mexico, because what better place to celebrate a traditional American holiday than in Mexico, right? <laughs> I don't know what the thought behind it was, but I think it was something like this. Uh, it's beautiful. My parents had reserved a house on the beach and we wanna go have good food, family, friends, and everybody all in one location and just enjoy each other for the week. It was gonna be this beautiful moment. And so we went and we show up and the weather's gorgeous and everything's perfect and the house is amazing. And we unpack all of our things uh, and start to just scatter about throughout the house, put stuff in uh, you know, all of the, uh, the fridge and empty the coolers and just make ourselves at home to have an amazing week. And we did. There was one particular day, it was the day before Thanksgiving, kids were out playing on the beach and uh, people having a good time and everybody got a little hungry, it was lunchtime. So I decided I was gonna go up and make lunch. And it was right about the time that I finished making a bunch of food and drinks for everybody to take it all down to the beach just to continue hanging out that a knock on the door came. And we went and, and opened the door and they're standing in front of me at the door, in front of us was these two women who I've never met in my life and they're holding luggage and we say, can I help you? Like, is, is everything okay? And they look at us and say, well, actually we have this house reserved for this week and we're here. That was a moment of confusion for all of us. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like this. We didn't know what to do. So we go, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, you must be mistaken. You see, my dad reserved this house. My mom's like, yeah, my husband reserved this house, you know, for, for this week. We actually have it. We've been here, we're set up, people are everywhere. And they go, no, you're the one who's mistaken. A whole slew of phone calls and like emails and different things uh, suddenly ensue. And lo and behold, uh, my dad had booked the house the following week and had mixed up the date. So there we are spread out amongst a vacation in a house we're not even supposed to be at with two very frustrated women looking at us going like, when are you gonna get out of here? And just like that, I mean, just like so quickly, we suddenly went from it feeling like paradise to being in an absolute frenzy. It's like we were uprooted from paradise and transplanted into utter crazy for just a moment as we frenetically began packing all of our things, throwing things in boxes and all kinds of stuff, loading up coolers as fast as we possibly could and trying to just shove things in the car to get out of Dodge as quickly as possible and figure out where are we gonna go? Where are we gonna stay? My dad had a friend uh, who happened to have a house at that point uh, and it, down in Puerto Penasco and he wasn't there and he graciously allowed us to stay at his place. So we packed up all, like took all of our things and loaded it in. And, and, but the vacation wasn't quite saved, so to speak, in that moment because that house was immaculate and amazing. His friend kept it in incredible shape and we had a ton of little kids who everything they touched seemed to suddenly end up broken and in pieces. And so like, can I tell you the whiplash effect that we felt of sitting and, and like I said, in a beach vacation on a house with all kinds of friends and just decompressing and relaxing to suddenly moving into all of that frenzy, all of that crazy, and now just hovering over kids, trying to get them to stop from breaking anything as most of us found ourselves somehow frustrated about what wasn't happening because this isn't what we planned. It's not what we'd intended this thing to be. And it just changed things. It's like we were stuck there. We had been uprooted and we all felt it like in a pretty overt way throughout the remainder of the time even. And I'm wondering if you know what that's like. And 
don't get me wrong. What I'm, what I'm not saying in this particular moment is do you know what it's like to, to you know, have two people show up on your door and be like, no, we have this house reserved. What I'm asking you is, do you know what it's like to have thoughts and plans, this experience of a life that you wanted to live, that you had intended on living, that you were living only to find yourself for whatever reason suddenly uprooted from that thing and wondering how did I get here and what just happened to me and why does any of this like, like I don't even know what to do with any of this. I mean, think about it for you. Maybe you're a high school student or a college student. And the reality is, is that it feels like you were just uprooted from the life that you were living. I mean, because for you, your life has consisted of getting up and going to class and getting things done because you're going to graduate and you're going to pass a class and you're going to move forward. And now it feels like all of that paused or at the very least doesn't look the same that it did maybe just a little bit ago. And maybe you find yourself sitting here going like, what's the point? It feels like I was plucked up and uprooted from where I was, where I wanted to be into whatever this is. And there's just a loss of momentum, a loss of motivation. And you're saying, what's the point of any of this anyway? I just don't know what to do. It's like you're stuck. There may be for you, you found yourself in a spot where you were working a job and you've been furloughed. Or maybe you've lost your job. Two months ago, you knew what to do with your day. You knew where to go. You knew what to accomplish. You knew what it was going to look like and where you needed to be. And, and, and there was kind of a purpose and a meaning and a trajectory to all of that. And now you find yourself it's like somebody's literally uprooted you and just planted you down here and you're wondering, wow, what do I do now? And you look and there's, there's not path in front of you and you're confused. It was okay at first, but you can feel yourself starting to wither and the stress beginning to rise. Or, you know, maybe for you, you're a person who didn't lose a job and you didn't stop your classes. But the reality is, is that the life you were living two months ago is not the life that you're living right now. And quite frankly, nobody around you is living that same life either because you find yourself stuck in the house with all of these people and you're just trying to make it without ending each other. <laughs> and you look and it just feels like you're in a holding pattern. Like you've been uprooted and you go, Whoa, I don't know what to do. Where's the path? Where's the purpose? What's my trajectory? What Do I just wait this thing out? You see, I think Many of us right now know what it's like to find ourselves in a spot where we've been uprooted and now we're just wondering what this is and where we're gonna be planted and what this even means and trying to navigate our present. And it's tough sometimes. See friends, that's the place that I wanna meet you in specifically today. I do, because so many of us are there right now or so many of us are around people who that's exactly where they are in this space right here and right now. And here's my hope. My hope is that as we navigate through this, the remainder here this morning, that we find ourselves in a place realizing that there's still path, that there is still purpose, that maybe we've lost something, but that there's something we don't lose because it's the very thing we bring to our life, the very gift that we get to give away and bring to this world because we're us, just because we're alive and well and here. And I hope, friends, that you see that and recapture some of that here this morning, today whatever time it is you find yourself joining us. And so as we do that, uh, I wanna highlight, I wanna, I wanna make three observations, so to speak, uh, of what it's like in this idea of being uprooted. And then I wanna give us one challenge as we move forward here today. So let's jump right in and go to this first observation. And it's this, sometimes, see, sometimes in life, we will find ourselves in a moment where we are uprooted. Right? Sometimes we're going to find that inevitability. Life has this way of working where sometimes we're going to find ourselves in a moment where we are uprooted. This is the moment that 
the Israelites found themselves in Jeremiah chapter 29. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. That's actually where we're gonna hang out uh, for the remainder of our time here, Jeremiah chapter 29. And I wanna read verse one to you. And it says this, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 1 begins by acknowledging who these words are for. And I wanted to read it this morning, acknowledging fully that normally we skip over this kind of stuff, don't we? Normally it's like, yeah, to this person, to that person, get to the meat and potatoes. But what are they actually going to say? But we need to capture this. There's a specific reason that Jeremiah started verse 1 by saying, these are the people I'm speaking to and I want you to hear me. And the reason he's speaking to them is because of what they've gone through. This isn't a chapter it's addressing a group of people who are tucked away safely in Israel living their best life. This isn't a chapter that, that is for a group of people that are, you know, they've worked in this and they've had their life and their job and all this stuff and it's still going amazingly and now they're just moving forward and Jeremiah's like, okay, here's the next step for you. This is for a group of people who've lost something. This is for a group of people who've lost a lot of things. You see, they're in exile in the land of Babylon. The, the king of Israel at that particular point in time, uh, you know, he, they were under Babylon because of just the strength and the vastness of the Babylonian empire and the Babylonian king demanded tribute and the king, go, and the king of, of Israel goes, no, I'm not going to pay it. He kind of takes a stand, definitive one actually, and it costs him dearly with the full strength of the Babylonian empire falling upon the Israelite nation. The, the city, the country, it's sieged. The temple is sieged, besieged, and they take all kinds of things and they haul off the king and all of those who are loyal to him and the people around him all get taken into Babylon where now they're going to spend their days living in exile. Opposition crushed, problem thwarted. But for these Israelites, these who are being written to in chapter 29, they've lost their homes. They've lost their lives in some respect. They're still alive, but they've lost the life they were building, the careers they were building, the, the friends and family and the things that they did. They lost the land that they had been planted in, that they'd sown their roots in, that they were growing in, and they're carted off to Babylon. These words in Jeremiah chapter 29, this is a chapter written to a group of people who knows what it is to be lost, to lose something. They are uprooted and in a brand new place. You know, for one year of our lives, my wife and I, we found ourselves living in the city of Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, we had uprooted ourselves from Chicago uh, to move to, to Colorado and, and found ourselves there because this was supposed to be about taking the next step in life. I'd finished school. I wanted to go into full-time ministry to be a pastor at a church in some place. And so this was the next step. And so I felt like, you know, this is where God's taking us. And Amber's like, yes, let's do it. And so we moved to Fort Collins to take that next step, to continue building that life, to root ourselves in and grow up tall in the life that we were believing was ours. And none of that really happened, if I'm honest. We were there for about a year and I didn't end up working at a church or being a pastor in full-time ministry. And the truth of the matter is, is that season in Colorado, while we love the people and we love the place, it was really hard. There was a time for us where our marriage was, was really a, a struggle. And part of the reason why is my, life, my wife had just lost her dad that year. And it was sudden and unexpected. And she was in this deep place of grieving. And the honest truth was I didn't know how to meet her in that place. And she so wanted me to. And so there was tension and frustration from her. And I was angry because I, I didn't know how to carry the expectation or even to be there. Have you ever found yourself in that place where you're sharing space with somebody, experiencing some of the same things, but you're not emotionally in the same place and you just don't know how to connect? 
That's where we were at, and so it was really hard. Coupled with the fact that I was working in retail, and the hours of retail were so different than the hours of being able to partner at a church that I'd wanted to plug into to even do ministry at. And so as I was trying to do that and trying to spend time here and to love my family and my wife and also just feeling tired and wondering what was happening myself, it felt very much like it was like we were in a holding pattern. Like we were stuck. Like we found ourselves in the land between where we were and where we were trying to get to. Like we'd been uprooted and just didn't know what to do. Where's the path? Where's the purpose? What is this place? You know, I share that because I think that's where some of us are. Again, are you there? Have you been there? Are you there right now? Do you find yourself feeling uprooted and stuck somewhere in that land between where you were and where you hope you'll go and you don't see path and you don't see purpose before you right here and right now? You know, I ask that because it brings me to the second observation that I want to make here today, and it's this. When we are uprooted, it can feel like life has lost its purpose, right? Do you feel that? When we are uprooted, it can feel like life has lost its purpose. Think of who Jeremiah writes to. Let's go back to that in verse 1. He says, to the surviving elders, priests, prophets, and people. I mean, pause for just a moment and think about that audience. To the elders? The elders of Israel, they're not in Israel anymore. In Israel, they had influence. In Israel, they were advisors to the kings. They were mediators of problems. They led things. People looked up to them. Now they're just an everybody in the nation of Babylon trying to rebuild a life for themselves, trying to figure out how they got here and what to do. To the elders? What about also to the priests? The priests are the people who ran the temple and, and had sacrifice and their livelihood and well-being was all attached to the temple, which is back in Israel where they are not. And the temple that they left behind isn't even the one that's still there because it was besieged and things taken and it's a mess. These priests are just ordinary people trying to figure out what do I do now? and How do I take a step forward now in exile in Babylon? What is this even gonna mean for life? To the prophets? Babylonians aren't going to listen to a prophet of Israel. What's a prophet supposed to seek and say? And, and that could be quite costly, whatever they might say. It could end up costing them their life if you think about it. What's, what's a prophet ultimately going to do? They're just a normal everybody in the nation of Babylon. And then to the people. These are the people that have lost their livelihood. These are the people that have lost their homes, their land, where their identity was. They lost some of the things that they'd sown into just this world to grow in and the things that they found meaning in. And they're trying to live a new life in a place they don't even want to be. And it feels like it's the land in between. It feels like they've been uprooted and aren't quite sure if they even want to be where they're planted. See, there's a reason that Jeremiah writes this passage to these people. It's because when you're uprooted, it can feel like life has lost its purpose. See, we typically associate meaning and purpose with what we are a part of or where we want to go, right? What we're a part of and where we're trying to go. Some people experience purpose as the place that you're trying to get to so that you can have the life, right? Like, it's like when I finally get there, I'll have the life I want. So my purpose is just trying to be someplace, trying to get someplace. And that's where all my energy, my purpose, my trajectory is. When I finally graduate from school, then, right? When I finally have that career, when I finally have that job, when I finally have that family, when I finally have that someone that's in my life. So we're always trying to get somewhere. And for many of us, that's how purpose is experienced. That's how we feel it. But then you're uprooted and you have nowhere to go. You don't see a path in front of you and it can suddenly feel like the purpose you had gets lost. 
And what do you do with this? You know, other people experience purpose as something you get from something important that you're connected to, right? I have purpose because I'm a part of this group. I have purpose because I have this job. I have purpose because I have this person that I'm attached to, this relationship. You know, when Amber and I were dating, we were in college and she moved away to go to a school in California and suddenly we were long distance. She wanted to start fresh and so she dumped me and I was devastated. I was, I was so devastated and heartbroken. That like, like feeling of the pit in your stomach and all of those things. And I was having a really hard time. I remember uh, a friend of mine came and they saw how sad I was and saw that I was a mess. And they're like, Ryan, you're gonna get through this. You've still got a whole life in front of you. And in true dramatic fashion, I looked straight at them with pretty glaring eyes and said, but what's the point of living if she's not a part of it? You know, that kind of a deal. I laugh about it now, but I meant it when I said it then. I did. But that was a bonkers statement to make, if you think about it. As if to say, if she's not in my life, I, I shouldn't have one, or there's no purpose for a life. I mean, I get the sentiment, but no, there's still something there. Friends, you see, the hard part about life is that sometimes hard things happen. The hard part about life is just this inevitability that there's certain moments where the thing we are attached to, whether it be a person or an activity or the place we're trying to go, goes away. And if we're dependent upon those moments for our purpose, we suddenly find ourselves feeling incredibly lost and feeling like something was stripped away and starting to question and wonder what life even is. Or some of us who don't know how to articulate any of that find ourselves just going, meh, what's the point? What do I do with any of this? Why bother? And we get stuck in this space between because we've been uprooted and don't know where to go or what the point of this moment even is. I want you to think that's, I think about now, like that's what's so hard even about COVID, right? How many of you anticipated that you would be here right now? How many of you, if you could go back to Christmas time and talk to your former self and all of your friends and family as you were celebrating those things, could have given them a heads up and been like, look, here's what your life's gonna look like in March and April, so get ready. You wouldn't have listened to yourself. You would have thought, no, and yet the truth is here we are. Sometimes these moments happen and that's why I want you to hear me when I make this third observation, when I say the next thing here, because it's important for each of us, wherever we might be here today. And it's this, purpose isn't something you get from the world around you. Purpose is something you were made with that you get to bring to the world. I wanna say that again, because I don't want it to be lost on any of us here this morning. Purpose isn't something you get from the world around you. Purpose is something you were made with, that you were created with, that you get to bring to the world. It's a gift you get to give. I love the way Glenn says it. That's how he phrases it. He goes, purpose is the thing you have in this life that you get to give away wherever you are, wherever you might be. And so I want you to listen to Jeremiah's message now. We know his audience is this people who have been uprooted, who are in a place they don't want to be and don't want this to be there forever. And I want you to listen to what he says to them, says to them beginning at verse five. He says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. I love this. This is a profound message. That would have been really weird to read and hard to read. I mean, think of this. It's like he wants them to see that the loss in their past has done nothing but create an opportunity to live purposefully in their present. That's a hard pill to swallow, but it's what he's saying to them and it's true. 
Jeremiah is telling the, the Israelites to live as though this isn't the land between, but exactly where they are right now. And so plant yourselves, root yourselves, and grow here even still. He tells them to start families and to grow and to multiply. And he tells their families' families and their descendants to start families. Do you see the time frame he puts on that? As if they're going, yeah, but this might just be a year. This might just be like a short window of time. No, he's talking about families of families and people of people, building a life, build houses, grow gardens, dig your roots here. Right here and right now, there's a path that stretches out before you. This is the message. If I were there, I'd find myself wanting to argue because I'd be really frustrated. I would. If I were there, I'd find myself going, but these people just like overtook us. These people just conquered us and drug us in exile. This isn't the life I chose. This isn't the life I've wanted. This isn't my life. Like, no, there is no path. There's no, what are you talking about? Plant gardens and have descendants and marry and do all of these things. And I wonder if that's why they include verse seven here. I want to read it to you. Or I want to go back and look at it one more time. He says, but seek the welfare of the city, the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. You know the word that's used for seek the welfare of the city and in its welfare, you'll find your welfare. That word for welfare is actually the word shalom. It's the word for peace. In the Hebrew, the word for shalom isn't just like a lack of conflict. It's where all of the pieces are working together in harmony. He's literally saying, bring a kind of goodness that creates harmony for the city. And in doing so, you'll experience a kind of harmony in your life. He's saying, love those who've conquered you. Sow your roots here and do something good right where you're at, right where you are. You may have lost something. You may have lost a lot of things. And that's real and true. And we don't need to dismiss that or make light of any of that. But your purpose is to be alive right here and to bring the goodness and the shalom, the peace of wherever, whatever God has placed in you to wherever it is that you are. Make a life because you still have one to live. Despite all they had lost, all they could no longer do, all they could, return, could not return to. Jeremiah chapter 29 is a message that path and purpose is anything but lost. Friends, that's important. It's important for us even here today because it's a message for me. It's a message for you, wherever you find yourself. I want you to hear path and purpose haven't been lost. It's something you were created with. This may not be the life that you've wanted to live. It may not be the plan you'd have for yourself. And you may be utterly disappointed about what has been lost. And yet here you are. Here I am. Here we are. So what do we do? What do we do with this even right here and right now? And so I want to leave us with a challenge here this morning. And it's this. Wherever you currently find yourself, choose to grow where you're planted and bring goodness to those around you. Wherever you currently find yourself, choose to grow where you're planted and bring goodness to those around you. Notice I didn't say, love the fact that you've lost some things and are now in a weird space. Notice the fact that I didn't say, pretend and fake it and just be happy and pretend like everything's okay all the time. Or pretend like you actually love being confined with your family all the time and like you're not actually gonna kill each other and everything's fine. That's called denial. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm challenging us is this, wherever you might be right here and right now, it's real. So choose to grow where you're planted and bring goodness to those around you. Some of you might be saying, I get it, like I get that, but school was canceled and all the things I was working towards and all the stuff I was doing and the friends I hung out with and the life I was building, that's like all just gone or on pause or it just feels like it doesn't matter anymore. It's like, my, like school is canceled and life is over. 
And I go, no, part of that's, I mean, part of that's true. School was definitely canceled and there's some loss. But you haven't lost your life. Here you are with blood coursing through your veins, a heart that is beating and lung that's, lungs that are drawing air in. So draw it deep. You are alive, friends. You still, even here, even now, even in the not ideal moment that is right now, have a life that's yours. It's a gift. It's yours to live. What do you want to do with it? What would it look like for you even here and even now to grow right where you were planted? Some of you might be like me where you're going, are you serious? Because the truth is I'm just trying to like weather this thing out because we are all stuck in the four walls of one house and we're about to kill each other. Like we're starting to get annoyed on a new level and what first was like a positive energy of like, yeah, we're just gonna see it through and everything's gonna be great because we're all just gonna play games and we're gonna have family dinners and everything's gonna be amazing. Now it's kind of like all those little annoyances and things are starting to drive me crazy. And I would look and I'd say this to myself and I'd say it to you if you find yourself in that same place, even you if that's where you're planted, if that's what your reality right now looks like, that question is even for you. And it's hard. If my wife were here, she'd have her hand up being like, yes, it's hard and agreeing with that same thing. And yet it's no less true. That is, you know, for me, what it looks like, I've been thinking about what does it look like for me to grow right where I'm planted? And I've noticed that I've started to nitpick my kids like crazy right now and my wife. And I have all of these criticisms because we are so on top of each other and sharing so much shared space that I'm starting to get annoyed at small things and just wanting space. And all of that's coming out in a weird kind of energy where I'm overly critical at times. I know that that's happening and I see it. There's a part of me asking the question, what does it look like to grow where I'm planted? That I think in this next week, in these next two weeks, how whatever is in front of me here, I want to pause and I want to bring some of the wonder and the curiosity and the creativity that I feel like God's placed in me and bring that back into my relationship with my kids. Not to fake it, not to pretend like tensions aren't tensions, but to bring the goodness that God's made me with into the context that I'm at. Because I want to bless them and bring shalom to my household, to their lives. And I think I'll reap the benefit of that truth uh, in the same way if I'm honest. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. I don't know what it's going to look like for you, but I do know that wherever you find yourself, that question's still relevant. We're different people, different contexts, but what would it look like right here and right now, wherever you happen to be, for you to grow where you're planted? If you, that question's too big, you're going, I don't know. I need some time to process that. Take some time to process that. You know, in the meantime, another thing that's super helpful is right here in the passage. What I want you to do, even just now as an exercise, go back to verse seven. And as you read verse seven, take out the word city and just add in whatever, whatever or whoever it is that you find yourself around right now. So if it's work, if it's your family, if it's your kids, if it's your marriage, if it's your friendships, if it's whatever that means, whatever it looks like, uh, if it's your neighborhood, add that piece in there, right? What's he say? He goes, seek the shalom, seek the peace, the welfare, the goodness of your family, of your kids, right? Of your spouse, of your partner, of your significant other, of what, whoever, of your relationships. Seek the goodness of them, pray for them. Pray for it, pray for wherever it is you're at. And in doing so, the welfare of that will become a goodness even unto you for your life. Maybe start there. Or you know what, if you wanna take a real step this week, like a, like a literal one, sign up uh, for one of these Zoom conversations. 
if you're trying to figure out what does it look like to grow in the context of where you're planted right now, there, there's two things that are coming up even this week that I think are so relevant, so pertinent. If you find yourself in a marriage where you're like, look, we love each other, but this is a lot right now. We're having a hard time and we're just trying to figure out how to stay healthy and to do this well. And we're not always doing this well. That's the answer. That's the honest truth of it. Come be a part of a conversation. There's, there's a Zoom conversation happening this week with two couples in our church whom I love and trust so much. Uh, one is Stacy and Andy Bartles. And the other one is Andy and Janelle Thomas. Uh, and they're gonna do this together and kind of host this as a group. Be a part of that conversation. Join in. I love their honesty. I love that they're not afraid to say they don't have it all together and that they're just trying to figure out how to do this as well. And share in the conversation and feel like maybe you can figure out what it looks like to grow where you're planted. Or if you're single and you're, try- and you're living alone and you're isolating alone in this particular moment, there's an amazing group with two incredibly encouraging, wonderful people who are doing this right along with you. They would love to be a part of that talking t- uh, that conversation also and would love your voice and your thoughts and your experience in that. So sign up for that. Be a part of that. You can go check that on our website or stay tuned. There's always gonna be more information for you to connect with it that way. But take a step, friends, wherever you might be, wherever you are. You're alive. You're here. You know, I find myself looking back at that trip to Rocky Point, that season of time in Colorado even, I think if I'm really honest, even though if I were to chart out life, it doesn't quite make sense. There's a part of it where even in those moments, looking back, I may not have been growing tall, but my roots were deepening. Those moments have left me with understanding and thinking and things that are built into who I am now, strengthen the marriage I've had even now and move me forward in a way that I'd say, actually, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're exactly where I was supposed to be despite the fact that I didn't want to be there. Friends, I don't know what that's gonna look like for you in all of this. I don't know what it's gonna look like for me in all of this. But I know in God's economy, no moment is wasted. And I know you have a precious gift that is your life right now. What do you wanna bring to it? There's path and there is purpose before you. Let's pray. God, we come to you today and we acknowledge, Lord, that sometimes right now it can be really hard in just the feeling of being uprooted. And so for those that are in that place, Lord, I just pray grace and compassion over them. And I pray that they would just feel like it's okay to actually be sad. It's okay to to have a hard time with some of that because there is real loss. But Lord, I also pray that in some way, shape or form, each of our eyes and our hearts would be open to the fact, Lord, that we have a life in front of us. So open our eyes, open our hearts, fill us with a sense of whatever it is, wherever we are right now, what does that path and that purpose look like? What is the good, the shalom that we can bring to the place that we're at right here and right now? So we trust you with that. We ask you for wisdom and guidance in that. And we know that wherever you lead, that no, nothing is lost and nothing's without purpose. And so we claim that here today. I pray love and peace and goodness over each of the people that are joining in and tuning in with us here today. Be with them, God, as you already are. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Friends, it has been awesome to have you here with us today. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you join. And I just want you to know wherever you find yourself, you're not alone. It's good to be with you and we'll see you soon.